Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. John chapter 10, verse 11 through 16 reads as follows. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming. Knows he see him coming. But instead of him standing up to the wolf, watch what he does, and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The howling flees because he is a howling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, verse 14, John 10 and 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Based on what I just read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. Following the good shepherd and not a wolf. Following the good shepherd and not a wolf. Before we go to your notes, I want you to follow me in this particular aspect. John records Jesus' teaching in John 10 by him teaching the people that he is the good shepherd. What makes him a good shepherd is that he knows his sheep. And one thing you need to know about God, he understands you. He understands you better than anybody. He pays attention to what you're going through. He discerns everything about you. Let me say this to you. God knows you. Don't you ever, listen, I may think I know you, people may think they know you, but don't nobody know you like Jesus. And you never, never, he understands your pain, he understands, listen, he understands everything about you even before you better sometimes than you do. He knows us. The Holy Spirit gives the sheep, and that's why the Holy Spirit gives the sheep power to follow him according to John chapter 10 verse 4. Let's go back to John 10 and 4, look at it real quickly. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. They go in the same direction as Jesus. And when you follow somebody, you're going to abide by the same teaching as Jesus. And, And when you follow somebody, you're going to join or connect them in a matter that is pleasing to him. Now, the Lord also wants us to be aware of those who will try to climb up another way which he considered them a thief and a robber. We see that in John chapter 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some of the way, the same is a thief and a robber. A thief, as we've studied before, is an embezzler, a false teacher, and abuser. And he considers him a robber, one who takes something of value. Remember, we talked about one of the most valuable things we have is our relationship with Jesus. It's that, and also we talked about our faith, our trust, our assurance, our belief in Jesus. We believe in Jesus, and he tries to take that from us. He tries to take it by force. He tries to take it by fear. He tries to take it by theft. 
He'll be, listen, he'll be a, a, a manipulator too when he takes it as well. But, and one thing I thought about too, he takes it through false teaching. The enemy will teach you something that is contrary to scripture and then he'll take it by force, fear, or theft. But many times it'll come through false teaching. Stuff that may seem true but isn't true. Remember when uh, the enemy came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness and said things, is it not written, is it not said, and so forth and so on, trying to teach Jesus a different way than what it should have been. In fact, one thing about when the Lord was teaching in John chapter 10, he told the people that all who came before him, whose teaching did not lie with the written and, re- written and revealed word of God, were false teachers who used theft, deception, manipulation, and so forth to cause people not to follow the good shepherd. Deception is the act of hiding or hiding truth in order to gain the advantage. Manipulation, and that is such a powerful thing because manip- manipulation is skillful control of influence of another person. But they do it for no good. At times we may place confidence in people, more confidence in people than we do the creator of the people, which allows us to be open to be influenced by people who try to manipulate us, try to take control or influence in a way that leads us away from God. Jesus reminded the people that he came that so that we might have life and that we may have it more abundantly, which is a promise he has made and continues to keep in the lives of his people. When Jesus said he wanted he want you to have abundant life, he said he wanted you to have something that exceeded the normal over and above more than is necessary, more than than them all superior life. He has kept that promise and he is still keeping that promise right now. Let me say this to you. I want you to hear me clearly. He has kept that promise and he is still keeping that promise right now. John 10 and 10 is for every believer in this sanctuary. It is for you, whether, and this is what you need to understand. The blood of Jesus saturates all of us. The grace of God operates in our life and he is causing our life to be better. He is, he got a plan for our life to be better. He has a, a, a strategy for our life to be better. God has better in mind for our life. Somebody say this with me. Better is here and better is coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because why? John 10 and 10 is taking root in our lives. Now let's go to our notes for the day. Let's go to our notes for the day. As we continue to study our Savior's teaching, we want to focus on another type of voice that we should avoid following, which according to John 10 and 12 is a hireling. A hireling. Interesting, he talked about the thief. He talked about the robber. Now he talks about the hireling. In fact, let's look at John 10 and 12. Let me read it to you so we can get a, a clear understanding of what the Scripture is saying. But a hireling... He who is not of the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Howling is a person taking on a task for selfish purposes. Howling is going to take on a task, but it's going to be for a selfish purpose. He's also going to do um, one who serves with little or no value for the work. He's doing the work, 
but he doesn't value the work. He is an hireling. One that we were going to look at the definition of or look at closer is a person who does a job that neglects certain duties of the job due to unfavorable circumstances. In other words, he's going to do the job as long as it it doesn't inconvenience him. He's going to do the job as long as it doesn't put him out of the way. He's going to do the job as long as it doesn't harm him. He doesn't have to do any sacrifices or go out of the way to do certain things. You're going to find people like that. Now, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Let me just go and follow the script. All right, here we go. It's dangerous to be a hireling and to follow a hireling. It's dangerous. It's to cause problems or to have adverse consequences to be a hireling and also to follow a hireling. But you see here in the text that people, that sheep, have followed the hireling. How you know, Pastor Dawes? Because the hireling had sheep to leave. If he wouldn't have had sheep to leave, the, the, the wolf would have been the problem. But the problem is... People had or sheep had started following the hireling. They had followed the person who really didn't care about the job, the one that neglected the duties of the job. They have followed a hireling. And this is where I, I had to ask myself the question: how do we know what his job was? Well, we see in John 10 and 12. I want you to look at this in John 10 and 12. Burla Hyland, who was not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming. He sees the wolf coming. It's not that he's not doing his job because he sees the wolf coming. Why do, why do you say that's important, Pastor? Go with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 6. Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 6. The Bible reads as follows. I give you a moment to get there. Some of you probably already got there. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will require at the watchman's hand. If the watchman sees the sword coming, but does not take the appropriate action, there's a problem with that. And unfortunately, their problem with this is, is that the, uh, the hireling saw the wolf coming, but he did not do anything about it. A watchman is someone who is a lookout. He's there to observe and to look about. See, a watchman in your life should warn you. Through shining a light on the situation, he should warn you through teaching, he should admonish you, watch out, the wolf is coming. Watch out, there's somebody coming after your life. But the watchman sees the wolf coming and does not teach or use any other method to warn the people that the wolf is coming. In fact, the Bible puts it in such a way, he sees the wolf in plenty of time. Because why? He had enough time to pack his grip and get out the way. He saw it coming in plenty of time, but he did not warn the ones that he was responsible for. Because how do you know, Pastor? He saw him coming. He was looking. He was doing part of his job, but this part of his job became unfavorable to him. This would put him out of the way. He would have to do more than he wanted to do in order to protect the sheep. 
He didn't want to teach the sheep. He didn't want to shine the light on the situation. He did not want to warn the sheep. So what he did, he got his stuff. And he left. He saw it. He could, he could have told sheep, hey, y'all, the wolf is coming. Okay, let's go. But no, he didn't do that. What's interesting about, one, another interesting fact about this, at least in my opinion, is this. The sheep did not see the wolf coming. I would imagine, this is my thinking, why didn't the sheep see the wolf coming and try to flee? But they saw, listen, the sheep did not see the wolf coming. What they, what's that tell me, Pastor Thomas? That tells me sometimes sheep do not see the wolf coming in their lives. That's why we need a shepherd. We need somebody to teach us, to warn us, to admonish us that the wolf is coming. And sometimes I have to tell people, I may not tell you directly that the wolf is coming in your life, but you ought to hear the Holy Spirit when he speaks here on Wednesdays and Sundays that the wolf is coming in your life. You ought to hear when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you every Sunday and every every midweek service that the wolf is coming. Beware. Because woe to me if I don't tell you when the wolf is coming. Because God, God, let me tell you something. I love y'all, but I love you more. And I know God is serious about his sheep. Jesus died for his sheep. You don't think that God would tell the, uh, his, his sheep that the wolf is coming? That Listen, you better be on guard. You need to pray. You need to fast. You need to do something in order to, because the wolf is coming. He would tell his sheep that. That's why we need a shepherd who is following the all-knowing God. See, I may not know directly what the, where the wolf is coming in your life, but if I tell you he's coming, believe me, he's coming. He's coming. And I'm doing my job because I'm going to warn you through teaching. I'm going to shine the light on it because the wolf can be coming after your marriage. The wolf can be coming after your money. The wolf can be coming after the health of your body. The wolf can be coming after your finances. The wolf can be coming after your relationship. The wolf can be coming after your the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act. The wolf can be coming. And you think, I'm okay the way I am. And I'm saying, hey, the wolf coming. Because, see, you got to understand, when the wolf started to come, the sheep were okay. It's only after when the wolf caught up with the sheep that the sheep had problems. And you can't wait till the wolf catch up with you before you start praying. You can't wait till the wolf catch up with you before you start giving. You can't wait till the wolf, wolf catch up with you before you start studying scripture. You got to make sure you're already doing it. He's passed out, say study. He says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A work man need not be ashamed. Rightly divine the word of truth. So I'm going to start studying now. And you start studying. And when the wolf come, he can't catch you and devour you. Because you paid attention when the wolf was coming. What's, what, what caught me, my brother, is that he had plenty of time. To tell the sheep that the wolf was coming. But he didn't do it. Isn't it sad that you head of your household? Because it ain't just the pastor's job to tell, uh, tell their family that your wolf is coming. If you head of your household, you need to be telling your family, hey, y'all, we need to pray. 
Hey, y'all, we need to make sure we're in church on Sunday. Because why? Pastor may have a word for our family to tell us that the wolf is coming. So you depend on me to tell it to Mary. Now, the Bible said you need what I'm doing here, you need to duplicate it in your house. You need to take the scripture and break it down to them. Hey, y'all, this is what the word says about this, that, and the other. Listen, 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 Pastor, I'm not, it's not the one that need to be praying. We all should be praying. We all should be doing what's right according to scripture. That's why then the case in the text is, is that sheep will have opportunities to be influenced to follow hirelings. They're going to have chances as well as occasions to follow the hirelings. And you see in this text that many of the, there were sheep that followed hirelings. That's why it's also let's know that wolves look for opportunities to prey on sheep who stray away from their God-ordained shepherd. A wolf is somebody who's cruel or that will willfully cause pain or suffering. A wolf will, will, a wolf is cruel. He will willfully cause pain or suffering. A wolf is somebody who's greedy and will cause a strong, listen, ungodly, lustful desire. He will also, he's destructive and he will cause great irreparable damage in people's lives. The wolf don't, he is not there for your best interest. The wolf is there, as we talked about earlier, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's why John 10 and 12 said the wolf desires to catch and to scatter sheep. When he catches, he's going to, when he means he's going to catch you, he's going to carry off by force. He's going to snatch the sheep away. He's going to seize them because the wolf is going to see the sheep and the wolf, the sheep going to see the wolf and the wolf going to try to escape but it's going to be too late because he's going to snatch him and seize him, the sheep. And then he's going to, but this is what's interesting about it. He's going to cause the sheep to be scattered. Scattered means to go in every direction. To be driven away. One thing you see about this is that the wolf disconnects the sheep from other sheep. You will notice that when the wolf comes, he will disconnect sheep from other sheep. Sad. How do you know you're being, you listen to the wolf? Because you don't want to be around the sheep. You don't want to be around the believers. You don't want to, you do not want to be around those that are lifting up the name of Jesus. You find it offensive to be in the house of God. You find it that I, I can, I, listen, you find I can do it or I don't have to do it. You're indifferent. Sheep, you always want to be around sheep. Because if not, you could be under the influence of the wolf. Ask your neighbor, are you under the right kind of influence? Something else I thought about too. This is me. This is me thinking about the text. I thought that wolves ate sheep. This is just my thinking now. I thought if this wolf was to catch up with the sheep, he would take that. Uh, listen, what? Because you can see the, the sheep can't even get together ten of them and beat up a wolf. They don't have that type of mentality. He could have grabbed the sheep, the wolf could have grabbed one of those sheep, took them off, killed him, came back, got another, killed him. I mean, I mean, that's just me thinking, bro. 
But you notice what the wolf did? He caused them to be scattered. He could have devoured the sheep, but he chose not to. He chose not to. Then I thought about this too. If you get them going in separate directions, they by themselves. He can get them anytime he wants to. He can get them anytime he wants to. You got to be careful when you find yourself not wanting to be around believers. Because he can get you anytime he wants to. In fact, you could be gone for months and everything could be going fine. And I would say, boom, there he go pouncing on you. Because why? You missing out on what God has for your life. You, you listen. At least if you got if you got scattered, you can go find yourself another congregation, another a shepherd to get under. We you know how some people are. They they leave the church and they don't get back involved in the church at all. Scripture is clear. He caused the sheep to be scattered, to go in every direction. This is the problem that some people have is they're going in the wrong direction, but they don't even know why. They're going in the wrong direction. They're being scattered, but they don't even know why they're being scattered. Going in the wrong. They've been, listen, the wolf has influenced their life, but they don't even recognize that the wolf has done it because they're so disconnected from God. They don't realize the the the. I bet I'm under the influence of the wolf, and the wolf is causing me to do things that I shouldn't be doing. And the more you stay around strong, miss, miss, miss or being stop being around strong believers, the more you can be influenced to do the wrong thing. You got to be around good strong believers. You got to be around people that love God. The wolf does not care how long you've been in church. Who you're related to in the church. He does not care if you pray, praise, or preach. He desires to set up traps in our lives that will snatch us away and drive us away. You got to watch out for that wolf. Tell you that you got to watch out for that wolf. That wolf is devious, manipulative. Oh, God. And I was going to say this for later. Look where and drop this into you right now. It ain't just preachers that, that are wolves. But sometimes it could be co-workers that are wolves. Sometimes it could be loved ones, quote unquote loved ones that are wolves. The, the, the enemy will use anybody he can to take you away from what, what God has called for you to do. And they'll tell you, I got your best interest in heart. Really? The enemy will take you away from the very thing that will build you up spiritually. He'll snatch you away. Listen, you get around folks and you think they're right, but ain't none of them praying. Ain't none of them doing what's right according to scripture. Listen, yeah, he'll have you comfortable around people who don't even love their family. He'll have you comfortable around people who don't even love God, but they don't cuss, they they do what's good, but they have no relationship with Jesus. You got to be careful about that because that's the sign that the wolf is in your life taking you away from what is godly in your life. You got to watch the company that you keep because you never know when the wolf is in your midst. That's why it's imperative that we hang be around the all-knowing God, the omniscient God who can lead and guide us in the all truth. I may be around you, but I'm not around you. I may work with you, but I'm not really with you. 
I may love, listen, I may be in the same house with you, but we, it may be two or three in the house and that house is divided. Why? Because that house does not, listen, the part of the house don't believe in Jesus and following the things of God. I've got to make sure that we follow what Jesus says. I got to make sure. Because the enemy will use relationships, jobs, money, friends, etc. They need to be loved and accepted. The quote unquote that need to be loved and accepted to snatch us away and cause us to stray. Boy, you have some folks in your life say, oh, I need for you to take care of me. I need for you to love me. But they take you away from the very one. It's hard to love folks without Jesus. Thank y'all for the five amens. Y'all keep praying for the rest of us. Some people are easy to love, but as some of us, we need Jesus in order to love others. Well, i get out of that. Think about it for a moment. Sheep must be mindful that everyone that takes on the title of preacher slash pastor will not have your best interest in mind. Some will seek ways to mislead God's people into straying from God's word and his ways. It caused you to drift or become unfaithful to God's word and his ways. I'm, let me say, he won't just use preachers, he'll use supervisors. He'll use family members. He'll use so-called friends. He'll use whatever he can use in order to get you away from God. That is a sign of the wolf. Now, we go into John chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Go back to John chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. But a howling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The howling flees because he is a howling and does not care about the sheep. Five descriptions of a howling according to the text. He is not the shepherd. He is not the pastor. He's not the feeder of the sheep. This is what you got to understand. He will look like a pastor because he's doing part of the job of a pastor. But he, when the enemy come, when the sheep, when the wolf come, he ain't going to be around. When you get challenging your body, he ain't going to be around. When, listen, when the devil start and knock at your door, he going to tell you, hey, I'm gone to man. Now, I can't let the devil stay in my house. You got to bind that devil up and cast him out in the name of Jesus. You got to be a person, a man that understands what scripture says. One of the next points I want to bring to your attention. Remember, he is not the pastor. He is not the shepherd. He does not own the sheep. He doesn't take ownership. He sees them as belonging to themselves. He don't say, listen, I ain't got, I'm good with these folks and I'm good without them. Whatever it is, as long as they have benefit to me, they okay. But if not, I just leave them all. There's no Number three, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep. Disregard and departs. He goes away and leaves behind the sheep. Remember now, he saw the sheep coming. It wasn't like uh, um, they snuck him up. He saw that he had enough time to pack his grip and leave and go another way. Well, you know, he must have saw them a long way coming off. It wasn't like the wolf that snuck up on him. Because if he snuck up on him, he would have gotten him too. The howling too. But he said, I see him coming. Oh, Lord, they come the wolf. I ain't been to mess around with that wolf. I don't know if he even said, oh, the Bible didn't even say if he said anything to the sheep. He just got his stuff and he left. Sheep woke up, woke up the next morning. Where's our shepherd at? 
and they had the surprise of their life, the wolf were waiting for them. And I imagine it was not a pretty situation when the wolf started doing what he did. That's why, and the next point I want to make, he flees from the scene when he sees the wolf coming. And what, what's interesting about that word flee is, is that the, the hireling, he is seeking safety for himself, but not the sheep. Mm-mm-mm. Let me tell you something. If you're a man, this is, I'm just throwing this out here. This will cost nobody nothing. If you're a man and you got a family, you should be the first one at the door when somebody knock at the door. Now, hold on now. If you're a single person, that's you head of the household, you got to get there. You're a woman. You got you to answer the door. Or if, if you're going to answer at all, you got to answer if you don't want to at all. You look out the window and say, I ain't going to answer the door and keep on moving. Folks locking my door, I'm always first one going to see who it is. Unless I know who it is and that's different. But if I don't know who it is, hey, what you want? And let me say this to you. Let me throw this on somebody right quick. You don't let anybody in your house neither. This is what you do. When, when, they, when, they, open the, when they come to the door, you leave it right there sitting on the porch. Yeah, what you want? Leave the door kind of closed now, okay? In case you want to try something, you just slam the door and lock it real quick. Sometimes you got to step outside because it's cold. I ain't stepping outside. But, you know, but if it's regular weather, I step outside. Close the door behind me. Yeah, what, what you got? I want to sell you something or whatever. You deal with it accordingly, okay? You deal with it accordingly. But this was the thing. You see, this when the, the wolf came, the howler was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Number five, he does not care about the sheep. One thing when I said he flees, he was escaping from danger. He saw the danger coming. Let me get go back to uh, point four. He saw the danger coming, but he escaped from the danger, but did not warn the sheep that were with him. Well, that's a sad excuse for a howler, ain't it? Sad, sad. That's why he's howling. Well, don't mess around with them howlings, boy. If you want a job and you're working with a howling, watch out for that howling. That howling will leave you out to dry. They'll tell you to do something and they won't back up when they tell you. Get in the writing from a howling. Because a howling will change their mind and throw you under the bus in a minute. Look how y'all look at that man. Boy. I'm just trying to tell you from the spirit. Don't fall for that howling stuff. Howling will tell you some stuff and won't back up nothing they tell you. A howling will leave you out there, and then when, when they call both of y'all in there, the howling said, I, I didn't tell them that. And if you ain't careful, you'll be able to snatch the weave out of the howling. I'm oh, sorry. Let me get back in the text. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you work with a howling, you got to be careful. When you got family members that are howling, you got to watch them too. When you got co-workers that are howling, you got to watch them too. When you're in business with howlers, you got to watch them too. You better dot every I and cross every T because they'll pretend like they don't know you. I'm just telling you now, howlers are something else. And howlers are not just in the pro pits. Howlers, you work with them, you, go, you shop with them, they're everywhere. They're howlers. Howlers will mess you up, y'all. How is it? You won't even be working if you if you fool around with a howling too long. How 
Ellen being got you lost your job, lost your business and everything else. And they sent back, I got, I don't know what they did that right there. Because Harlan got selective memories. Because they're only in it for themselves. You better, I'm telling you, there's some people, when, they, when I talk to them, oh, Lord, I better, I got to get this in writing right here. I got to get this in writing right here. Because I know they ain't going to, and you know what? God will put you in the middle, middle of Highland and got no, ain't got no problem because he knows you can be all right. You'll be all right. He said, Pastor, won't God protect me from the Highland? No, he'll have you work with the Highland. Look how y'all are looking at me. Some of y'all work with Highland right now. I don't know why you look at me so funny right now. Work with him. Work with him. And if you ain't careful, you will treat that Highland like somebody that's not. Now, treat him like a Highland. Treat them like a Highland. Let me get back and finish this part over here. All right, number five. Oh, I, I can I can I can tie it right over here. Highlands do not care about the sheep. When I mean care, care is an interesting word there. They have no genuine concern. They have no regard for. And this is what Highlands won't do. They won't provide what is needed for spiritual well-being. If they if that Highland would have told the sheep. What was going on, that he would have provided for the spiritual well-being, but he did not. That's why the good shepherd will always provide for your spiritual well-being. He will always provide for your spiritual well-being. He will cause you to be productive as well in every aspect of your life. Cause, Listen, cause of the sheep not to be ready when opportunities of advancement or growth should take place for better to take place. That's why they're hirelings. That's why when Jesus shifts the conversation in John 10 and 14, he, t- he says this. Let's go to John 10 and 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and, and, and am known by my own. Oh, let me say one more thing before I go on to this next part. Just because about a hireling now, just because they don't look like a hireling now, if the Lord tells you, treat them like a hireling, you better do that. I don't know who that's for in the sanctuary. But listen to what I'm saying here carefully. If the Lord tells you, hey, watch that person right now. Well, Pastor, they ain't did nothing to me. It don't matter. If the Lord says treat him like a hireling, you better treat him like a hireling. Until the Lord tells you otherwise. But that's not, they ain't did nothing. They just started on the job. They, they've been good to me all this time. Treat them like a hireling. You better make sure you follow the all-knowing God. Don't, don't, be, don't wait till they, till they strike you in the back. Come about, what happened? No, nah, treat them like God tells you to. Okay? Oh, let me real with Sometimes even in church, you got to treat them like a hireling. Because you just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know. Right, let's go to John 10, 14. I'll read to you again, and we'll go back into explanation or observations. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. So Jesus took the conversation, John 10 and 14. He's finished with the hireling. Now he's going to talk about the good shepherd. The good shepherd is the head of the Christian assemblies or the head of the church. Now, notice the difference between the hireling 
and the good shepherd. The good shepherd cares for the sheep. He cares for the sheep. He has their well, their best interests in mind. He's making sure their spiritual well-being is taken care of. He's going to cause them to be productive. He controls those who committed their life to him. That's why it takes the Holy Spirit to constantly reveal to us the magnitude of who Jesus is and how essential it is for us to be guided by him, according to John 16 and 13. Let's go to John 16 and 13 real quickly. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Remember, the spirit of truth, the all-knowing God, the omniscient God, will teach you and show you the power and importance of Jesus, who is continually guiding us or influencing us. That's why John 10, 14 through 16, let's go there real quickly. And we're going to talk about the attributes of the powerful traits of our great shepherd. John 10, 14 through 16. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, I have, which are not of this fold, them also I bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock. And one shepherd. So looking at these seven traits, powerful traits of our great shepherd. Number one, I am the good. He is good. The Lord is good. He's excellent in nature. His character is superb. He's magnificent. He's genuine. He's definitely approved, praiseworthy. He is a notable shepherd. He is the good shepherd. How many know that God is a good shepherd? I mean, think about it. He is the best shepherd you will ever have. Yeah, you can have other shepherds. You can have hirelings. You can have thieves. You can have robbers. But we choose to have the good shepherd. And the good shepherd knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. He understands his sheep. He is acquainted with his sheep. I like this. He can speak to his sheep. And a stranger, will he, we will not follow. And we're learning. He is, listen, we're not. One thing I like about the word learning, we are constantly learning about Jesus. We're constantly learning about Jesus. Tap your neighbor says, we know the good shepherd. <clears throat> Go on, tap, tap your neighbor again. I know the good shepherd. There we go. There we go. Three, I am known by my own. He has become known to learn to know, to have knowledge of the good shepherd. Number four. As the father knows me, even so I know of the father. He understands. He has knowledge of the father. That's why he says when you can pray in my name, he'll do it for you. Because why? He understands the father. He has knowledge of the father. He knows the father number five i laid down my life for the sheep jesus laid down his life for us he laid down his life for us he laid down his life his way of being for us his breath for us 
Number six, other sheep that are not of this fold, them I must bring. I must bring. He's going to lead and guide and direct other sheep into this fold. Remember now, there are other sheep out there that's lost. Remember what the, the wolf did? He sent them in different directions. So when you send them in different directions, they got to find a, she- a shepherd, right? So God going to guide them and lead them and bring them to one sheep, one fold. That's what, that's what God does. I thought this was interesting because I thought that wolf would have ate them sheep up. I did. I mean, I, I, my brother, when I looked at that, I said, whoo, he been tearing them sheep up. Now think about it now. He, he, why is he coming unless he's hungry? Well, y'all, I, this is my mind, y'all. Y'all pray for me. I need help. I know. So, but when he came, he couldn't eat them. Ooh-wee. He probably wanted to. You remember in the book, uh, Daniel and the lions then? You remember how hungry them, them lions were? You don't believe they were hungry? Daniel got in there, went to sleep on the lines, got up out. The king was so mad when they got ready to throw them guards in there. Before they could hit the ground good, the lions ate them jokers up. They were hungry. But they could not eat Daniel. Oh, can you imagine your life? The enemy wanted to eat you. He wanted to devour you. He wanted to have you. But God said, I'm not going to let him have you. I'm not going to let him devour you. I'm not going to let them do anything to you. That's why you can claim no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn. And God will cut down grace and mercy on your life till he gets you back to the fold, back to the place he wants you to be in. Somebody say, thank God for his mercy and his grace. Boy, aren't you glad sometimes when you feel yourself lost that God will get you back? When when you feel like you are messed up, God will get you back. And then while he's getting you back, he protects you from the wolf. He protects you from the thief. He protects you from the robber. He protects you because you're running around by yourself because you've been scattered. Y'all see that? Boy, that, isn't that powerful what God does for sheep? Because, you know, he still died for the sheep. Y'all know that, right? Though. Oh, that's why he do, do what he do for sheep. He died for sheep. Now, look, listen, I like y'all, but I didn't die for y'all. <laughs> I love y'all. I did not die for y'all. But when Jesus died for you, he is serious about his sheep. Because I'm sure that wolf would have ate them sheep up. But God said, mm, you eating these sheep. Don't you love God? God know what he's doing, don't he? Let's go further. Hallelujah. So now, Jesus makes it clear in John 10 and 16 that he comes. Oh, excuse me, number seven. I forgot seven. Those sheep will hear my voice. They will hear my voice. So the seven traits, let's look at the seven traits real quickly. One, I am the good shepherd. Two, I know my sheep. Three, I am known by my own. Four, oh, let me get back to four. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. Five, I laid down my life. Uh, laid it for the sheep. Number six, other sheep that are not this soul, them I must bring. And seven, those sheep will hear my voice. Attend to it, comprehend it, and understand my voice. 
That's why Jesus makes it clear in John 10 16 that he comes to unite the sheep into one flock and one shepherd. Especially those sheep that's out there lost. They got Now, remember, other sheep are already in the fold. The, sheep are, the other sheep out there are already doing okay. Prospering and growing and so forth. But God is concerned about those other sheep. What about us? Are we concerned about those other sheep that are out there? Are we concerned enough to invite or to show love or to follow the all-knowing God to share the love of Jesus with the other sheep out there? Because evidently, the other sheep out there that messed around and got a hold of a howler. And you notice that one day a howler going to have the day in judgment. I would hate to be a howler, y'all, knowing what I know about Scripture. I mean, I mean, have y'all seen God when he get up? Scripture says this. It's better to tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the water, middle of the ocean, than to mess with God's sheep. God loves his sheep, y'all. You see, that wolf couldn't eat him, don't you? That wolf could have been starving. I would say sometimes your um, stomach going to the back of your because <laughs> you're that hungry. But he still couldn't do anything with them sheep. The sheep, they went in a different direction. But one day those sheep going to find that one, that good shepherd. They're going to find that flock. And he's going to unite them. He's going to unite them, unite them. That's why as we follow John 16 and 13, excuse me, the Lord, sheep know him. They're acquainted with him. They understand him. They have learned him. They continue to learn him. Now, as we allow John 16 and 13 to manifest in our lives, we understand that the spirit of truth comes to guide us into all truth, especially the truth that relates to our savior, our healer, our deliverer, our protector, and our provider, and so forth. God is going to influence us and lead us into all truth and the more we yield to the leading of god's spirit within us he will protect us from hirelings and wolves and those who try to lead us astray and snatch us away from our purpose he's going to protect us keep them safe from harm or injury even the wolf can only do so much only the wolf can do so much can i say this to you again only the wolf can do so much that's good to know. That's good to know. Hey, all that line could do so much. When it came to day in the line there. And listen, this is what you got to understand. It was still in them to do it. He just couldn't do it to them. That's why he said no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. But when you follow the God, when you follow the, the all-knowing God, the omniscient God, no weapon that's formed against you shall be able to prosper. And can't you see God's grace and mercy upon those sheep. Because I figured them sheep would have been gone. They're going in different directions and everything. But God got a plan to get those sheep back to one. How's he put it here? One flock under one shepherd. One fact every believer knows about Jesus that he laid down his life for the sheep. He definitely laid down his life for the sheep. And when you know that, you know God wants you to have better. God wants us to have better. Isn't that wonderful to know? Woo. Even the sheep that are not a part of his flock yet. That's why we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They will hear his voice and become a part of the flock. That word flock, that means the body of Christ. 
those who follow Jesus guidance and allows them to be kept under the good shepherd. Amen. Are you seeing how important it is that we no longer follow a wolf, but we follow the good shepherd? Everybody see it's important that we follow the good shepherd and no longer follow a wolf. Amen. I'm done. Stand to your feet. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. And we, we're not critical. Or we don't hold judgment against those who may have followed a howling in the past. I think about this when I read scriptures like this and, and study scriptures like this. There's individuals out there, y'all, according to this, that are following a wolf, they're following a thief, and they're following a robber. Now, I'm, we pray for people like that. We're fortunate today that we have the good shepherd in our lives. Don't take that for granted, y'all. Don't misuse it. Don't abuse it. Because you or me, because, you know, we talked about earlier. Some of us were guilty of following all three of them. The thief, the robber, and the wolf. I mean, we were guilty. I've been there, y'all. I, I know what it's like. Well, this is the thing. I thought I was doing okay. Did not realize I was following a thief or a robber or a wolf. But Jesus saw fit to teach me and to show me and to guide me on how to follow the good shepherd. Will you give Jesus a big hand of praise in this sanctuary? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.